Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Conversations half. We will be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kevin. In this morning's sermon, uh, Pastor Danielle is responding to a gospel message where, surprise, Jesus is checking the Pharisees on some of their assumptions about how the the church works and how what their role is and how faith works. And the, the Pharisees were protectors of the rules of the Jewish faith in that time. And Jesus is kind of changing it up. So in her sermon, Pastor Danielle reflects on how still today uh, in our society, in our personal lives, it's, it's very easy to, be, to want things to be neat and orderly. But sometimes that desire, well, first of all, it doesn't match often the way the world is and the way people are, which can be very messy and complex uh, and diverse. Um, but second, that can lead to us uh, putting people into categories, looking at situations as black and white, rather than making the space to see things from a variety of perspectives or, or a gray area. So we're just going to jump right in and start breaking this down. So one of the quotes from the sermon today was, God doesn't make good people and God doesn't make bad people. God just makes people. And I think so often we're, we can only experience things from our, from our own perspective. So we think in a, our way of good and bad as pertaining to our lives. So we might see someone as bad without really understanding why, because we don't know their lives. So I think one of the things we have to sort of focus on is looking at things from other people's perspective and how that shapes their experiences and what they do and how that helps us understand why, you know, maybe they're not as bad as we thought or maybe they, you know, maybe they are, but for whatever reason. So I think that's something that we should focus on is always understanding from someone else's perspective and always trying to understand where people are coming from and help people understand where we're coming from to help that, that, that idea of good and bad. Cause it's not, it, you're right. It's not just black and white. It's so complex and everyone is complex and whatever experiences they have and their thoughts and opinions are backed by something. And so it's so easy to just disagree and get angry and walk away without really hearing what other people have to say and just labeling them a bad person or, you know, an angry person or whatever the, you know, whatever labels we put on that without really focusing on what they're saying and helping them focus on what we're saying. Yeah. I I have no problem admitting and owning that I, you know, I do good and bad things every, every day. I've, there are plenty of good things I could do and I don't because I'm busy or lazy or I'm caught up in my own things. Uh, And, you know, when you, Sometimes I'm sure I do things that other people might look at me and say, oh, that's rude. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like w- an easy example is just like being an annoying person on the New York City subway. You know, like that person that sometimes I'm stuck behind a person or a person like is on their phone and cuts me off. And I'm just, oh, they're so oblivious. And so, but, but the reality is sometimes I'm that person for someone else. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a terrible person, or at least, you know, I don't, I don't feel that way. And I, and 
the reality is, is I'm not terrible. I'm not a saint either. Uh, but you know, I, there's these carelessness and, and, you know, negative qualities and all, all these good and caring and loving qualities that both exist within me. And that's what, that's what it means to be human. So yeah, I guess we don't, we don't tend to give other people the space to have that, all that complexity that we see in ourselves. We're just like, they're this period. Um, when a lot of times there, there's more to it, you know, there's more to every person that we don't see. The idea of kind of black and white and good and bad is just a very um, kind of childish thing. And Pastor Danielle was talking about her um, son who was experiencing this stuff. But I think it's easy, which is why children understand and why children grasp it. But then we also have to understand that part of becoming adults and part of growing up is working to expand our minds and better understand and grapple with complexity and not just kind of stay in the childish ideas or perceptions of other people and of the world. Our brains grow in their capacity to do that, you know, when we grow older, but it's still really hard. Yeah. The world is so complex and so challenging. There's so many questions about faith that are that don't have easy answers. You know, why, why do natural disasters happen? Why, why do, uh, why do people kill or, you know, neglect people or do do terrible things? And, and the world is so complex. It, it eases our minds still as adults to try and simplify things into neat categories. You know, I, I read, um, an, an article about you know how talking about people in New York City and how the brain you it can actually get overstimulated and so that's part of why we our brain will try and focus on one thing or blur out a lot of what we're walking past in the city because otherwise it would get overstimulated and overwhelmed. So I think we can learn to see that complexity, but it, I, I I will acknowledge I don't think it's it's automatic or or always easy, but in particular or at least easy in our society maybe it could be i don't know jesus is calling us to something here though to not do that so we're either called to embrace that challenge or look at creating a community where it's not so hard i guess yeah i think if you do it together i think sometimes it gets so overwhelming with everything that you just sort of separate things for you that's easier than you know it's one less thing to really worry about or focus on and Mm -hmm. i think if we can come together to say you know no these things we should talk about we should be safe enough to feel confident you know to express our opinions and to understand and learn from other people that maybe that's less scary doing it together than necessarily just doing it on your own you know it's it can be a challenge but i think if you're talking if you're listening if you're willing to you know come together as a community, I think that helps. I agree. I mean, it's a lot easier to understand different people's perspectives if you hang out with them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And as obvious as that sounds, a lot of times our lives don't have space for that unless we create it. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, that's something that I've, very much yearn to do in my life is to seek out relationships with peop- more people who are different than me. Without that, I think so many of 
so many aspects of our faith only exist as theoretical things in your head Mm -hmm. um, and you're not you're not living it yeah i mean that made me think of like the james one reading um as part of today's readings about just thinking about your faith versus doing and living out your faith and so it's just it it can almost be easier to live in the theoretical because everything's Mm -hmm. like just works out how you plan but living in the complexity and the messiness of the real world and having those real relationships with people. It makes me think of this one, um, one example. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, there's a huge rise on Instagram of like comic and illustration art. And a lot of it has great social commentary. It's, it's risen up as this really cool medium because, you know, any anything because illustrations and comics can can convey a complex or interesting idea in a very small space and, and it's very quick to digest. That's the idea, which is, you know, perfect for 2018 when there's just a lot of messages and information coming at you. So anyway, so there's this one and uh, and we'll link it into the description. I'll find it after. Um, but um, hilarious comic. It shows the Justice League meeting around like their table, and and they're someone. One of them like gets a notification on his phone. They all have cell phones in this <laughs> in this thing, and he's like, you know, Lex Luthor is going to be poisoning all the water in America, and everyone's going to be drinking this poisoned water. We need to do something. Like Justice League, let's rally. And everyone's like, yeah, we need to do something. And then it cuts to one of them on their phone posting on Twitter, like at Lex Luthor poisoning all the water, hashtag evil, hashtag water. And then he hits send. They're like, all right, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) We stopped him. And, uh, you know, I think (laughs) it it calls great attention to this kind of representing something or saying something is important without and, and doing it even in a very public way, but not following that with relationship or action i think it's it can be scary sometimes to actually go through with something and and sort of the repercussions of that you know um the last couple of years personally like with my family like there have been a lot of differing of opinions and things that are happening in the world and i know that it creates sort of this rift and it's you know, some some people are head on, I'm going to stick to my guns about what I'm saying and not listen to the other side. And, you know, and it creates this problem. And some people are very like, I don't really want to get involved. I don't want to sort of, I don't want to, you know, change the status quo. Like I want everything to be peaceful. And I sort of find I'm myself caught. In be- yeah. yeah, I find myself caught in between that of wanting to be the good guy and be on everyone's side. But then, you know, do I be the bad guy and sort of be like, no, like, this one-sided thought process is wrong, you know? So even that, like, sometimes it's just, you know, how do you know, the, the courage to say something sometimes is, you know, especially if you're by yourself or the repercussions that come with that is, I think also like weighs on you, you know, and that whole struggle of good versus bad and how, I think a lot of it too is how do people see you? And, you know, if you do something, are people going to see you as a good person? So they're going to see you as a bad person and like, I think all of that sort of plays in people's heads. And, and it, again, it, it's a, all about that complexity of, you know, the human nature and, and sort of stepping up and saying, okay, it's okay to be both good and bad. It's okay to have 
you know, these complexities inside of you, that's what makes us who we are and accepting everyone for those things, you know. That made me think of uh, one of my favorite James Baldwin quotes, which is, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. It's a pretty powerful quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It hits you. Yeah. So where, when we talk about loving people or, or, or seeing leaving space to not label people as bad. Let, let's so take this hypothetical person mm-hmm. who a person who that, that would have a perspective that is harmful to other people, a perspective that's harmful to other people that are that use views other people's less or that is rooted in the impression of other people. What, what does it look like to not view that person, to not label that person as bad while also advocating for this, uh, this other group of people who uh, who are oppressed by the views that they have. That's my that's my <laughs> question. Is is how do we get past yeah. just slapping on a label that person is bad, but also be be allies to people in our society who are who are oppressed and hurting as a result of those views. I think that's partly separating um, people's actions from who they are. Hmm. Um, in kind of in the example of like you can say something racist, but that does not inherent mean like everything you are is evil. And I feel like that, especially on the internet, um, in the kind of call out culture, can almost like glorify perfection if you do anything wrong, and even if you apologize, you're still ruined forever. Yeah, your reputation is done. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Versus kind of the more understanding people are complex, understanding people make mistakes, and also understanding there's different degrees to making mistakes, and there's different degrees to learning and apologizing and be like, hey, what I did was wrong and effed up. Yeah. And I'm owning up to it. And yeah, but do we as a culture or do we as a church make space for for people to do that and for surprise forgiveness (laughs) coming from church. Um, do we make space for that? I I think not always. Mm -hmm. I think we should, but yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So I guess how much of it that, especially like the making space is how much are we expecting people to be perfect and like on our level of like, you're not woke enough versus trying to help, bring people up or be like, hey, did you actually know this thing? Mm, mm, yeah. yeah. It's, I, th- I feel like we can be so quick to, yeah, to like that you're not woke enough <laughs> statement. <laughs> um, it's, very, it's very easy when someone doesn't hold the same views as you to then immediately judge them and shut mm-hmm. them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While I don't think that the effects of judging and shutting out a person if particularly if that person is not part of like an an oppressed or marginalized group in our society Mm -hmm. the effects might not be as bad on them of you doing that but also it doesn't help anything so you mentioned you know coming and saying well did you know this what that looks like to me is opening up a dialogue and that's very different 
And I would add to that even b- before, you know, saying, do, do you know this or, or w- along with it, I think one way of, of showing love and showing respect and opening up that dialogue is also, as we've touched on, get if you have the opportunity, getting to know the experiences that has informed that person's view um, or actions or that, or yeah, just what, what led to it. Even if you're going to continue to disagree, I think love looks like taking the time and making the effort to understand. And then, then also, as you said, Dan, not letting go and saying, I care about you enough to not let this go that I, I want to challenge you and I want to wrestle with this. Yeah. I I don't think there's always that safe place to have those conversations or, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. that's what we need more of is, you know, sort of allowing places where we can, you know, or people where we feel safe enough to have those conversations and to really talk about where is this coming from? This is where I'm coming from. How do you know? And is there a way that we can meet or if not continuing those conversations and knowing just a safe place where you know that you can, you're going to be heard and accepted and not just immediately like shun for whatever you have to say and whatever the opinions, the backing behind whatever you said or did, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that's hard. And, you know, there's not always that space in this world, you know, where we are too quick to sort of hear something and then just immediately shut it out and that's it. And then there, you know, you're always going to be looked at differently and it's sort of mm-hmm. opening that space to say, okay, how do we fix this? How do we, you know, move forward and how do we understand each other or can we understand each other, you know, and is there a way to move forward or is that it, you know, I just think having, being more open and being able to say, okay, this is a safe space. I want to listen to you. I want to understand where you're coming from and why you said this, but I also would love for you to understand why this hurts or why this, you know, why I disagree with what you're saying and how this affects other people you creating those safe spaces yeah I'm thinking back to um, the church I was going to in university was very conservative and so they would literally have sermons talking about how homosexuality was a sin Mm. but just because of the culture of the church there wasn't opening to disagree with that it was just mm-hmm. kind of very blanket and very assuming that everyone just agreed with them on that that's hard you know especially if you have those differing opinions but then how do you know do you feel safe or comfortable to say actually I feel this way mm-hmm. you know and it's it's hard yeah it can be hard to find those places in this world you know, and within your own communities too, you know, within your families or within your friend groups or, you know, whoever you have around you, I think it's trying to find those allies or trying to find the people that will allow you to say what you need to say or help express your experiences and your opinions while having a conversation and not just it turning into a shouting match or a, you complete, you know, disarray, because sometimes that can definitely happen. I've watched it happen and it's hard. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. What's it like to watch that happen? <laughs> um, it's really sad, actually, you know, um, especially when it's like a personal group, you know, when it's a family and you watch these people that you love start to fall apart, you know, and then it's like, how do you how do you put it back together? And how do you you know, you can only take it so far. But if other people are closed off or don't want to have those conversations, you know, it affects everyone. And sort of, you know, I think. 
it, it just yeah it's really sad another thing i was thinking about um in terms of i was hearing discussion around activism is like one conversation's not going to change somebody's mind and so i feel like we too often go into conversations thinking like okay i have all the best arguments i got it all set out i'm just gonna like they're gonna do a 180 they're gonna be on my side it's gonna be great but it's actually much more of a slower long-term thing where it's chipping away at their preconceived notions that we all have but that they have from their experience that have led them to believe this certain thing that you're trying to like slowly give them more information to help them question their own notions and that can take literal years and lots of different experiences and lots of different things so to we can't assume that we're going to be able to just go in and change everyone immediately yeah a lot of things just don't happen overnight, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. even though that that's the ideal, because it, then it's easy and you're done and you can move on. But so many things in life, it's just not like that. Yeah. I don't know. Which I, th- I think comes da- back to the, the central idea of this sermon that, that things in this world don't happen neatly. And so in addition to not being able to categorize things, I think in terms of when we put things into a timetable or put too much pressure on one conversation or event, uh, that's not, that's not in line with how God works or how the world works either. Yeah. I guess change and relationship and conversation, they all happen more slowly and a little bit more messily than we would like them to, but maybe we don't have to label that as bad either. It's just how how the world, how life is. Yeah. yeah. I guess we're being called to move with that as opposed to trying to control or contain that. Yeah. I kind of think it's like we're being called to not only open our ears, but open our hearts. You know, mm. to be open and to hearing other people's opinions and other people's, you know, lives and also, you know, having the strength and the courage to then raise your voice, you know, to your experiences, to the things that have hurt you or, or the, you know, the things that tear you down and sort of how, you know, building it up and, and fighting against the things that, that create that, you know, um, that was another thing that we, you know, the sermon sort of talked about was this idea of like loving others. And, and I think so much of that starts from loving yourself, you know, and a lot of the qualities that sort of make people bad or whatnot stem from inside of you and, you know, the things that you're struggling with on a personal level. And so I think, you know, figuring out what those are and how do you build yourself up to then also build other people up, you know? Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, I had a really intense but good conversations with one of my friends um, who's Ghanaian, and uh, she was saying something about, like, in our relationship, I'm sure I've done microaggressions against you and you've done them against me, but we're still committed to this relationship and committed to loving each other. And so it's when we take down the standard from perfect yeah. and understand that our relationships with 
other people, especially people who are different than us, are going to end up falling into some of these traps of injustice because of how we were raised and because of the culture we were raised in, but still being able to forgive and love and continue that relationship. Hmm. I think that's something, an, an example we can all learn from yeah. and take from here. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Which leads nicely into kind of the end of Pastor Danielle's sermon about like just because we are loving people and loving the world does not mean we stop fighting against injustice and stop fighting for peace. But we also need to recognize the parallels of the injustice in society that is reflected in ourselves. Yeah, that yeah. that last point that is something it, it immediately struck me as as a good quote but also someone that I would need time to unpack more and I'll read it again um, as we call out the injustice in others we must look internally and recognize the injustice in ourselves wow and now having some time to unpack that I would add that one thing that's made me think about is that I am very quick to get in a debate about a particular social issue and be very passionate about it and even and even be upset if if the person doesn't see it the same way as I do like take racism for example i it's something that i see very clearly in our society it's something that i very much want to both acknowledge and to to work past in our society is part of my Christian faith. So when I talk with someone who, say someone who denies that it's still a problem or you know, doesn't see that it's still a problem, um, I can get very, you know, it can be challenging for me. And I see that as injustice. But at the same time, if I'm looking at the injustice in myself, while I might be very quick at like this party or din dinner or whatever, to be so passionate about this, I can look in, in my last month, like what have I really done to be an ally to people of color or, or people who are being marginalized or oppressed because of their race or cultural background? And it's really nothing. So it's, it's great. It, talking about it is great, but like I, I do wonder, is it, do I have the right to be that angry? It, that maybe is the wrong phrasing, but I think that what, Pastor Danielle and what this gospel is calling into question is, are we just blowing steam if we're getting so upset in a conversation in our daily life, but not going beyond our own bubble and daily life to do something about it and to actually form relationships with peop other people that we claim to care so much about and we'll talk a lot about caring about, but maybe aren't actually supporting. It's yeah. interesting. Yesterday at work there was um, a ra like a march happening and it was, um, you know, against um, people advocating against animal, animal cruelty. And that led into a conversation about vegans. And it was, you know, it was a very, like people had very specific thoughts at work and it was, and it turned into this whole thing. And, and I, hmm. I am not a vegan. I'm not a vegetarian, though I, I fully, you know, support 
you know, the stopping of animal cruelty and, and whatnot. But it just, it's just so interesting how one thing can quickly turn into something else. And, and, you know, the anger that people have about certain things and where does that come from, you know, and, and how do we stop the anger, open up the conversations and then sort of help, you know, sort of in, encourage a change of at least thought process even if you know even if you're not going to change how you feel even if you're going to still be against whatever at least understanding maybe better why you feel this way and why other people are so against how you feel you know it it just it's yeah it's an interesting thought process interesting to watch it happen and sort of really think about it and think about how your own reactions are and, and why you're reacting to certain things and, and, you know, why are they reacting to certain things? You know, it just, it's, you know, it's just interesting. There are so many things happening in this world right now that I think when you really stop and think about it, how do we move forward and how do we help? And, and are you just, you know, scroll, like liking something on Facebook or, you know, tweeting something and then thinking that that's enough, but not actually doing something and not actually, you know, helping to fight, whatever you're you know you want to fight for or you know just i think it yeah yeah and then it's just a battle of ideas exactly yeah Mm -hmm. you know and i think sometimes we actually have to get up and do something to really change the world and you know and it is possible to change the world it is possible to like change and create these peaceful things and help you know help people even if it is just one person at a time change is absolutely possible and i think people just don't see it happening and don't think that it can or what you know what is what difference is going to make if I do something but I think that's the wrong mindset you know absolutely I believe it is 100% possible too but as a a step on that journey I think you've suggested a very helpful process of self-examination for for me for us for anyone to look at what what are the roots that make of my anger around this or towards people who don't agree with me? And how can I filter that, that anger, that passion into love for the, the people that I care about or am advocating for in my views or, or animals in your case? <laughs> Uh, how how am I is it just anger directed at people that don't disagree with me or am I turning that into love towards the cause that I care about and and action and also then how can I maybe also turn some of that anger into approaching the issue Mm -hmm. with the person I'm angry at in a loving way yeah I think we all could be Asking ourselves those questions. What's the root of the anger and how can I have it end up in a better place? Because uh, if anything, we've, we've covered in this conversation that anger with letting the anger out with people doesn't re- generally lead anywhere positive. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, even though it's, it's sometimes totally uh, justified. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Love takes us further. Anger it, can, it holds us back. It paralyzes it, us. It paralyzes us. It builds the walls. Mm-hmm. It can be, it can, I think it can be a good starting point of like getting you fired up. Yeah. But it's then like, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. So what will you do differently this week? For me, it's a couple things. It's, you know, sort of accepting and loving myself and, 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 you know, stopping whenever I find myself getting angry or, you know, really upset about something really stopping and examining why 
you know, and if it's at an idea or, or a commentary or whatever, you know, sort of do re- more research to understand what and why it made me angry and then how do I do something about it. And if it's at a person, try to try to catch myself and sort of listen to, really listen to what they're saying and then try to say, hey, this made me really angry because X, Y, and Z, you know, and starting that conversation. Because I'm definitely someone when I get angry, sometimes I'll just shut down and I won't mm-hmm. discuss it and I won't, and I'll ignore it and until it gets better and then pretend like it never happened. But that's not actually helping the situation, you know, and so it's sort of just stopping that and actually talking and having those conversations and I think is, is definitely something I'm, I'm going to try to do this week. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to do some research because the um, gubernatorial primaries are coming up uh, in a couple weeks. What and are those? For the governor's race. Ah, uh, right, right. Uh, and so I want to... I think it's important to be informed and active in voting, and so I want to make sure I'm ready for that, and that is one way I can tell government what I am thinking, what I support is by voting in all of the elections, including like midterms and primaries and all that kind of stuff. I, my head is swimming. There's, we've covered so many things. Trying to pick one thing that I'll do differently this week is, is tough on this one. I would say one thing, one action, I think this conversation has definitely led me into is giving people a break and not judging people by one moment or one statement or thought or idea. Giving people a break. I'm trying really hard not to say and something else, but (laughs) and taking or creating opportunities to understand another person's um, where they're coming from in an action that I might or a perspective that I might see as bad. Taking the time to, uh, to understand better. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. You can email us at podcast at adventnyc.org or join our Facebook group, Advent Sermons and Conversations, to join in the discussion. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.